Luck on Sunday, proudly sponsored by Albasti Ecruel Dubai. Strict orders from my producers to be as brisk as possible. Right, photo finish. There was another photo finish mistake. BHA protocol came into practice and the uh, photo finish result was turned round, Dave. Yes, uh, it was uh, a good thing that uh, this was discovered before the weighed-in signal. Certainly on a, on a Saturday, people do get paid out before... Um, the weighed in, and there are obviously massive crowds as well. Which is the winner? This is, well, th this is the... <laughs> if you think that Al Bada, who's the Sheikh Hamdan horse on the near side, has been beaten, and, and Emily Jones has been hoodwinked by that bit of tack, but it, nevertheless, it does look as though if Al Bada, in your opinion, is the runner-up, he's, during the race, managed to lose the upper part of his head. He's lost his ears and his eyes. Now, uh, paddock watchers I know at Kempton noted that he was in full possession of uh, the upper part of his head uh, before the race. It's an unfortunate one. Uh, you know, the, the, the clerks of the course officials, they're always, um, you know, prey to uh, mistakes and ridicule in the media. It's, un it's unfortunate. That one does look a, a bad one. As I say, Emily's been uh, hoodwinked by that bit of tack. No one, no one praises a judge for a brilliant photo finish call, do they, Roger? But you don't want mistakes like that. No. I, I mean, I think that was a sort of optical illusion, really. I, I looked at it quickly <laughs> and, and thought <laughs> they got, got it right, but... Um, no, we, d we don't need mistakes. Um, we need to iron out as many of those as possible. But I suppose the good news is that there is a fail-safe in place, and the fail-safe worked. So in the end, it was all fine. That's it. It's human error. It happens. I mean, the other day in Sligo, we started a race uh, a bit early, and, and these things happen. We all make mistakes, and uh, if, I don't think you'll ever fully eradicate that, unfortunately. Yeah, the Sligo race went off fully five minutes <laughs> early. <laughs> But happily, uh, common sense prevailed and the result was allowed to stand. Now, this might be a little bit more contentious. There were a few jockey bans given out at, at York and there was a seven-day ban given out yesterday to Gerald Mosse for finishing third in the Evil, hitting the horse 13 times. But Ryan Moore got banned uh, for hitting Mum's tipple, I think, four or five times when clear. Yates, yeah, so you're, the, you're the man here. Well, first of all, I should... Uh, commend the BHA for this, their equine welfare stand at York this week, which had two uh, pieces of the compressed foam. Nick Russ was there himself, and despite what certain uh, elements of the top brass of the racing post seem to believe, most of us think that education uh, is the way uh, forward. I I'm interested in what Patrick thinks in this, because I imagine that if you're riding at a smaller meeting where nobody is there, and it, it, the, the, the phraseology in the statute is when clearly winning. Mm -hmm. I, I wonder if it's possible for a jockey to say to the, uh, to the panel, I didn't know I was clearly winning. It's York. There are thousands of inebriated, in some cases, racegoers screaming. There was a wind blowing as well. I could have looked up at the big screen, but that's not in the statute, statute that I have to do that. How did I know I was clearly winning? Cheltenham, it must be the same when you're going up the hill. Yeah, I mean, usually you, you, you can sometimes sense a horse within a length or you can see a, a nose or a shadow. Um, sometimes you'll be listening to the crowd, listening to the commentator. And I wonder, with Ryan, was he listening to, because it was such an exceptional performance, was the crowd and the commentator getting excited and did he think, oh, something must be coming? Um, obviously, sometimes you can see the big screen, but... I think, I think it's a hard rule. We don't have wing mirrors. You can't be looking behind you. Um, if there's a, a set number of times you're, that you're allowed to strike a horse, that's the set number. And I, I can't... 
I think it's a very uh, unfair rule on jockeys. It's an unfair burden to put on riders, I think, in, in, in many cases. But he was head down in the zone, clearly, wasn't he? Yeah. I, I think it was pretty harsh, frankly, to give him a ban. But it's five times and he's 11 clear and with the optics as they are at the moment. I, he's I get down next he's time, get rule. caught, see what happens then. Great. Right, we shall move on. Brexit's not surfaced on here for a long time, but as we are now edging ever closer to what we believe to be a no-deal Brexit on October the 31st, it was uh, useful to read uh, the thoughts of uh, Claire Shepherd, the Chief Executive of the TBA, in the Racing Post this week about the chaos that may ensue with horses travelling between England, Ireland and France in terms of uh, getting back into the country, Roger, which uh, could become problematic in getting out of the country. Yeah, I mean, I think it's... Uh, nobody knows, do they? It doesn't matter what business you're running, nobody seems to know what's going to happen. I think, you know, horses transporting from one country to the other don't want to be hanging around at the docks. No. Um, so it's difficult, you know, yearlings from Ireland and, you know, mares and, you know, running horses in, in Ireland or France. I don't know what will happen. I think <clears throat> no doubt it will all get sorted nearer the time, but at the moment it can't make any plans. But we're getting close to the time. Yeah. I mean, hopefully it'll be sorted for you before the spring when you'll start yeah. sort of travelling horses to France and Ireland yeah. again. And Patrick, th this, could be, this could get tricky for, for trainers in Ireland, I'd have thought. Uh, I imagine it will, but look, what'll happen will happen, we'll adapt and we'll get around it. And um, we'll just, I think that's, we're just going to have to work around whatever comes our way. I mean, how much are you sort of thinking about it now? I don't think I don't think you can. As Roger said, no one no one knows what's going to happen. Um, so until we have a, a hard and fast uh, set of rules and regulations that we're going to know about, um, we we can't really make any plans. But uh, I'm sure we'll be able to get around it somewhere. Dave, I, I suspect this could have quite a significant ramifications. Yeah, I mean, I think that as the as the non-horse person, if you like, uh, the thing that I think is interesting is that it, there's going to be a bedding in period post-Brexit, but and with humans, that's fine. If there are longer queues at airports, at, at ports, etc., that's something that we can deal with. It's much more difficult with a young horse, isn't it, if there are delays that, that, that they have to suffer. And that's, it, to, to connections, the people who bought those horses, the fact that it was a bedding-in period is no great solace, is it? Let's talk about yesterday's eBor. It was the first million-pound eBor sponsored by Skybet, widely considered a great success. Interesting piece by Bruce Jackson in the paper, talking about the type of horses that it's attracting, very specific rating band. Withhold, Roger had the top weight. Is it, do you think yesterday's race achieved what the, what the prize money set out to do? Um, I don't see why not. Um, it, it collected a lot of very good horses. Mm. Um, it would have been nice if a few of the higher-rated horses had actually run. I didn't really want to be laden with a, a nine-stone ten burden. Uh, I could have had nine-five. I think it's a great initiative. I think um, improving the lot for stayers is f fantastic. I think mm. people would rather watch stayers. Um, there's a very good market for those horses to go to Australia. I mean, I think Quite a lot of the horses in that race were already part-owned by Australians. Yeah, most of years off. You know, we heard from yeah, it leads on to a fantastic Melbourne Cup. I mean, those races, as 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 the Mullins fan of me know, they're they're great challenges and you know great races to win and and. No, I think it was. I think it was a great race yesterday. Yeah, the Melbourne Cup, as Dave said, was very present during the week at, at yeah. York and the, the VRC team there, and it would be it would be quite something if the Ebor could sort of latch on and get into that space. 
meaningfully. It'd be fantastic. Um, you know, the, the one the one thing I, I wouldn't like to see is I know like the Galway Plate and the Galway Hurdle have upped their prize money hugely, and it's kind of they've become nearly like Grade One races, a lot of the mm. same faces. So hopefully the Ebor can continue to be a, a competitive handicap with lots of different owners and trainers and jockeys involved, but. Uh, they deserve huge credit. I think you make a good point because when this idea was first moved, people were like, oh, it'll just be a Shea Camden or a Bally Doyle yeah. or a whatever, one of the lesser lights winning. But of course, yesterday we get a, a, a horse that was bought out of horses in training for 50 grand. From Shea Camden. From Shea Camden. Yeah. Just the, uh, we won't know whether it's achieved its objective until four or five years' time, probably will yes. we when we see the changes. But that way of introducing the jockeys without their helmets to the crowds. Yeah. Uh, they did it last year, really good initiative, do it for the Derby and our big races. And they've been doing a, a similar thing uh, in Saratoga as well, which has um, been the subject of quite significant debate of, of late, but generally it's gone down pretty well. Rankings, right, here we go. So uh, those of you who've been moaning about Crystal Ocean being at the top of the world thoroughbred rankings can moan no more, because Enable's gone up top now at 128, with Batash at 127, and Crystal Ocean at 127. I, I quite enjoy this, I've got to say, people poo-poo it, I quite enjoy it, because if you're creating debate about horses, Roger, it's got to be a good thing. Thing, it? Yeah, I guess it's a matter of opinion. We're always arguing with the handicappers a bit. Um, I always thought Enabled was the best. Um, they're, they're, they're good horses. I mean, they're fantastic horses. But they've got a bit to go to be Frankels, haven't they, in terms of ratings? I, I mean, uh, the other debate, as you quite rightly touch on, is, is the comparisons people make between Enable and Frankel. To my mind, Patrick... Frankel was in a different league to any other horse I've ever seen and I'm ever ever likely to see. Yeah, he might have struggled against Hurricane Fly over two miles in hurdles, all right. But, um, <laughs> uh, I mean, I'd love to have seen Cedar Stars. I mean, in Ireland we have Cedar Stars and that, but Frankel was extraordinary to watch. I'll never forget the, watching the Guineas. Um, as Roger said, the, the ratings are, they, they're a bit, it, it, does it really matter? No. Um, it, it brings about debate, which is fun. I thought the, handi- I thought the result of the King George showed the handicapper was kind of spot on, which, which was, I, I didn't think he got enough credit for that, with a neighbour winning a short head and giving three, getting three pounds. Um, but she, she, I, she is the best. I think she, she, um, she was only doing enough that day. And, of course, time form of long had Batash, somewhere near the best or the best, and they will now have him the best again. Yeah, they had that on the strength of the Frida Labbe win at Chantilly, didn't yeah. they? I, mean, I wouldn't imagine that he Two got years ago. that close to that until... Friday afternoon. Um, this is about magical, isn't it? I think Naval have beaten Magical twice by half a length and obviously wins by an extended distance in the Yorkshire Oaks. It's interesting to stimulate debate, but thoroughbreds are flesh and blood and magnificent, majestic creatures to watch. They're not numbers written down on a page. And we're just very fortunate that we've had a week where we've had Crystal Ocean and Abel and Batash, the three best horses in the world, all running at York. What a magical week it was. Uh, Josh Bryan has been given a six-month suspension, Dave, for misleading officials because he uh, fails to provide a, a sample. Yeah, I mean, this is something that I've banged on about for a while, really. Obviously, there is a, di- there is a difference between misleading uh, the process and being found guilty in the process. Remember, uh, President Clinton, that was all about misleading the Star Chamber rather than actually what he did, mm-hmm. which we won't go into. Um, but uh, I, I've, I've always felt that in a, in a, uh, a line whereby jockeys are asked to keep their weight down and often use 
really quite brutal methods to do that. I've, I've often thought that, or I've consistently thought that racing's ruling bodies aren't really very sympathetic towards them. I wouldn't give a six-month ban for, for a cocaine test. I think that the BHA are probably more, they're, they're probably kinder uh, than the old jockey club in terms of dealing with these tran yeah. transgressions, but I still think it's too long. When I was at university, the people who are now probably uh, owning horses and uh, trying to get into the jockey club used to use drugs all the time. I must say, I wasn't among them. They wouldn't let me in. Well, well I mean, Ro Roger, you part of this year for you has been looking after uh, Kieran Schumacher a little yeah. bit as, as a bit of a mentor to him, and he's come back going great guns. Yeah. And he's been very open about uh, the difficulties he went through, and, and he did take a test, and he, he, he did test positive. Yeah. Are you broadly in agreement with Dave about penalties and so forth or not? It's difficult, isn't it? Um, yeah, I, I don't have a strong view really about the penalties. I think it's a very harsh, tough world they live in. Um, and you know, six months could ruin someone's lifetime. Um, Kieran's come back really well. He's been very open and honest about it. He's clearly a talented rider, but you know, people are under a lot of pressure. And he's got that, a combination of intelligence and self-awareness, and also yeah. some great support in the game, which not everyone yeah. would have. Correct. Correct. So, well, I keep fingers crossed that Josh Bryan gets back on the straight line. Six months in many cases. Yeah. Unless you've got a big yard behind you and people who understand, that will completely finish some people's careers. And I, and I think that's too, too harsh a, a penalty. Well, let's hope uh, it doesn't in this case. Those were this week's Talking Points. Luck on Sunday. Proudly sponsored by Albasti Ecruel Dubai.